Welcome to the Money Over 50 podcast, brought to you by Dallas Davison and Michael Hogue from Money Over 50 Financial Advisors. This information is general in nature and does not take into account your objectives, financial situation, or needs. Therefore, you should consider whether the information is appropriate for you and your personal circumstances. If you require personal advice, please contact Money Over 50 Financial Advisors. Here are your hosts, Dallas Davison and Michael Hogue. Welcome to Money Over 50. Today, we've got a listener question. Michael, do you want to do the intro? Thanks, Dallas. Yeah, the email came through from Darren. Darren says, hi, guys. Love listening to your podcast. It's better than meditation. Uh, my, if my, my wife would say it's, it's more boring than meditation. But. <laughs> uh, Darren goes on to say, I was wondering what the nuts and bolts uh, at day dot of retirement are when you reach uh, an age or a given amount. Um, specifically, three questions. How is income normally distributed? Uh, how does the pension fund work? And do you constantly need to sell down shares? Thanks, Darren. So um, I thought we'd do uh, a basics one on this because yep. um, it didn't occur to us that, of course, yeah. the curse of knowledge. Yes. It doesn't occur to us a lot of the times that people do have well, we, we talk a lot certain about, specific questions about yeah. the, the, the inner workings of something. So. We, we talk about the pension account. A lot as a you know it's the holy grail of where we want to get to it's we sort of talk about it as as darren says here as a target and as a goal yep. to get to this point with x amount of dollars in a pension account but we haven't really gone into the specifics of how does the pension account work um you know practically how do you actually draw that income day to day those sorts of things so so good question so naming first of all I think the naming is confusing yes. however we have to go with what legislation <laughs> calls things so so the correct name is an account-based pension. Yeah. Um, where I think it's confusing is that the word pension is always yep. forever and a day denoted Centrelink's involvement. Yep. And, um, and Centrelink and don't have any involvement in this no. other than you have to report the, the yep. values to them yep. uh, if you are getting yep. a, a, a part pension, a yep. part and age pension or a part full pension. Now, um, uh, what's also confusing is that an account-based pension is a type of superannuation income stream. Mm. We actually prefer the word superannuation income stream because we think it describes it better. It's a superannuation fund that you have um, met your preservation condition of release and we'll go into how you would make that later on. But um, And and effectively, you move your superannuation fund, which you most people understand to have a, an account balance that tends to fluctuate depending on, uh, on uh, in the short term at least, in investment market movements. Um, that gets moved into a, a um, account-based pension or a superannuation income stream. Most of the time, it has the same branding on it. So, yes, you, you don't even know. Like no, most most people don't, don't yeah. actually even know. Unless they look at the fine print of their statement. So yep. if you're with, um, yeah, Q Super, Q Super, then, normally, yeah, well, then, sometimes they will automatically move you across, and sometimes they won't. But mm. yeah, if you're with a Q, if you've got a Q Super, Super account, um, once you've met a condition of release, if if you mm. if they have done that for you, if you've done that, you can move that into an account based pension. It's still Q Super branded. It's often the same investment strategy, the same underlying assets, all that kind of thing. Um, the the, the um, 
Sorry, go ahead. Don. No, I was just going to say, I think the other confusing thing about the the terms here, the account-based pension or the superannuation income stream, even even that term, it sort of um, denotes or implies that the, the word pension, I think the only other phrase that people think of when you think of pension other than Centrelink is, is, like, a, is like a private defined benefit account where, you know, you, you work for a... Yeah, if you were in the army for twenty years and you get a pension mm. for life, it sort of it sounds like it's a set dollar amount every year until the day you die. Yes, and that's that's not how it works. And that's I guess why the name is an account based pension. Is that it's you you can draw an income out of it, you can draw a regular uh, amount out of it, but you can only draw an amount out of it while you've got money in the account. If that makes uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, think of it like a bank account. Yeah. Think of it like a bank account that can run out. Yeah. Um, we talk about two numbers that that matter a lot in retirement, and and, and we spoke about the green number, which yeah. is what is your yeah. what is your money return. that you have earn you or return for you every year, mm-hmm. and the red number is what you take yeah. as an income, and we, and we speak about yeah you know, as long as that green number, what your exactly. rate of return is, yeah. is higher than the red number, yeah. um, your, your account balance will grow even though you're taking money out. But yeah. think of it. Think of it akin to a bank account. If you yeah. overspend, if you spend more than the, than the money account, going in, the money going in and the original account balance, it will start to run out. Yeah. So um, now, what's what's confusing? There's other marketing names that product providers call these account-based pensions, such as a retirement income account, uh, an income account, and uh, there are various different others. Yeah. But when you read, the trick is to read. If you see retirement income account and you're wondering. Yeah, um, what you need to look up is the product disclosure statement or the PDS, and um, it will, if it's an account-based pension, it will state this is an account-based pension. So um, <clears throat> now, to to open one of these, so one of Darren's question is, is at that point in time when you retire, yeah, when you reach age or even amount, how does this actually happen? So um, there are what they call conditions of release to superannuation. So you have to meet a condition of release, which which in layman's terms is is having access. Yeah, being people able think to people get say that being able to get access to my superannuation. Yeah, that's a condition of release. Now you have to meet a condition of release in order to open up an account based pension. Um, the the common ones are here. Mm-hmm. I'm writing another one down as we speak because I, I neglected to write it down, but. Um, the first one is you, you've met your preservation age and you've permanently retired. Yep. So um, you can currently be as young as 58, yep. age 58. Uh, so if you're born between the 1st of, 7th, 1st of July 1962 and the 30th of June 1963, um, you are either age 58 or f- the youngest you could be is yep. 58. Because that, that uh, number used to, be, recording. used to be 55. Used to be 55. And now the, the limit has has been pushed out to 60, but there's there's those grandfathered in rules where it's basically every year that that age has, has sort of gone up by a little bit. Very and it's set. approaching 60. So, yeah. so by the time we get to 2024, yeah. it, will it will be, be simpler forever. because it will all be 60-year-olds. Yeah. So... The first there is a there is a unique little window here though. Yes. So yes. someone that's if currently aged right now. fifty eight, yeah. and if you were born between the first of July sixty two and the thirtieth of uh, June sixty three, um, you could you could be 
we're recording this October 2021, so you could technically be 58. You could retire. I had a client do this earlier this year, so he had mm. sufficient funds to be able to retire fully. And he said, "I'm, I'm, I'm retiring." Yeah. Um, so he retired at 58. He met a condition of release. You have to sign documentation to say that you are permanently retired and and have no intention of returning to the workforce. Uh, and he was able to move his superannuation uh, into an account-based pension. Yeah. Um, the the fairly uh, the other common condition of release is that if you've attained the age of sixty and an employment arrangement under which you were gainfully employed has come to an end. Yeah. So if you if you cease if you cease an employment work, arrangement. Misconception here is that you don't have to be fired. Yeah. So you could just voluntarily cease yeah. Yeah. that and, arrangement. And it doesn't um, have to be this is this is the difference between this one and the first one is that you don't you don't have to stop work and never intend to return. You could just change jobs basically. You can you could change jobs. I mean tec- technically, you could have technically two jobs. you could take a part time job at McDonalds. Yeah. I've, I've, like the way the regis- <laughs> legislation reads. Yeah. Um you could have your full time job, you could yeah. take a part time job. Yeah. Which is a an employment arrangement for gainful employment. Yeah. You could you could cease that. Cease that. Yeah. And technically you could you would you access would an account based pension. Effectively be able to meet your condition of release and, and, yeah. and access Actually, an account based pension. This one's a really uh, interesting or it's a bit of a trick when we when mm. we come across it because you because you often have people who are yeah, you know, working towards retiring at sixty five. But if this is the case, if they've changed jobs when they were sixty one mm. or and they're often coming to us for the first time at sixty two or three and they'll say, I've just started this I started this new job eighteen months ago. Mm. And you often look back and as long as they've met that criteria they can they can get into an account-based pension, which, and we'll talk more about the benefits of why they would do that. But even though they're mm. still working, they still intend to work for another couple of years. So this, that's a pretty handy one. I have, I have a, a couple who are clients, and and the and the male is very employable, but he, he chops and changes jobs a lot. <laughs> Adam, if you're listening. <laughs> Uh, he works in. He I works like the in way you, you had to clarify that he's very employable. It's, he chops and changes not because he keeps getting sacked all the time, but because he, he, he changes. He, he works in health and safety yeah. in uh, in mining and related services. So he turns sixty in January. Yeah, he, he's resigning. Yeah, like <laughs> the, day, the, the day after he turns sixty, he's resigning from yeah. from his his current job. Yeah, and just so he can meet a condition of release, yeah. and then he'll be able to. To, to find um, work the following day because yeah. he's very employable. Yeah. And uh, the, the, the benefits that we'll go into in a minute is he'll yeah. be able to move his superannuation into, into yeah. to 0% tax. And that's the main benefit. You're moving from a 15% tax environment to a 0% tax environment. I'll, I'll touch on that a little bit, but we'll, we'll finish off here anyway. So the difference between those first two. So if you met the first one, so a 58-year-old right now, they would have to say that they, they have never intend they never intend, intend to return to work. Yeah, actually, <laughs> if you don't intend to return to work for ten hours or more per week, ten hours or more per week. Yeah, you looked into the yeah. that. Uh, yeah. um, the second one is much easier. So you've attained the age of sixty and, and you just ceased an employment arrangement. an employment arrangement for yep. gainful employment. Yeah, and, and therefore you've met that. The other common ones are permanent incapacity. Yeah, so if you can't and, work again, and um, Attaining the age of sixty-five. Yep. So, so if so you, regardless if you, of your work condition, whether you're still working, not working, ceased work, not ceased work, if you once you reach sixty-five, yep. you can move into account. I met some uh, new prospective clients just last week, and yep. he 
turned 65 on Sunday. So yeah, right. we I'll said, and he was still working. <laughs> yeah. He still plans to work for a little while. Yeah. So, um, uh, so I said, well, from Sunday, yeah, you can effectively take advantage of, of, of moving your superannuation, which is currently being taxed on the, the income that it earns internally at 15%. Yeah. You can move that into a 0% taxed yeah. environment. And so that, that flows very neatly into the next point here, which is what, why do we keep talking about how good it is to be able to access an account-based pension, the, the benefits of that? Um, so you've just touched on that the main one there is that the tax on the earnings or the rate of return. As mm. we just said, the, the money that goes into an account-based pension, it's it's the same as your superannuation fund. There's the green number and the red number. There's, yep. the, there's the return that it's getting as well as the amount that, that you're drawing out. Yep. Now, the green number or the earnings or the rate of return that you're getting inside superannuation, that's taxed at 15%. Now, it's it's not as there's a capital gain tax component. Yeah. Account listing, we get it, but... It's, yeah, it's, it's technically it's technically fund income, yes, so taxable yeah. fund income yeah, uh, is taxed at fifteen percent. Yeah, a, a super fund can actually have accumulated losses that can yeah, that can ro- they can offset that. It can have yeah. uh, not all of the rate of return is. I'm digressing here, yeah, but this is just yeah, just yeah. to just to let everyone know how smart we are. Um, <laughs> this, <laughs> I was about to say, mate, all you're doing here is you're just no, showing off. You're just, no, was, so the capital gains, so, you know, the, the, basically any yeah. gains for of assets held for longer than 12 months are 10 percent rather than 15 percent. I'm going to give an example here. So the, the, the big the big difference is that, like you said, Dallas, there's zero percent tax on fund earnings. Yep. Versus fifteen percent tax on superannuation. Now it's still low rates of tax. Yeah, but it's paying zero percent tax is better than paying fifteen percent. Yep, paying fifteen percent is better than paying one's marginal rate of tax yep. while they're working. Yeah, um, but what it what it actually does, and uh, it's 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 really really hard to explain a percentage tax on a percentage number as well. Mm. So, yep. let's say for example, my fund has let's make a nice neat round number it has 10 percent uh earnings yep. for the year my superannuation fund yep what happens is uh i pay 15 percent tax everyone pays that same tax mm. in that super fund 15 percent tax on 10 percent yep. is actually one and a half percent so it reduces our net rate of return to 8.5 percent mm-hmm. we never see that tax anywhere no. because the ato Come in and skim that off the top of the fund, yeah. um, uh, and 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 it just reduces our rate of return. So same fund, um, but I move into account-based pension. Same investment strategy, same rate of return of ten percent. I get to keep all of that ten percent. Yep. So it's an extra one and a half percent rate of return. Usually, when we look at the differences between account-based pension with the same investment strategy and the same. Super fund provider, yep. um, a la Q Super. Yep. If they're Q Super, if it's Colonial First State, it's Colonial First State. Same, same, same brand. Yep. If you're in effect, uh, uh, it's usually better one percent to one half percent rate of rate of difference that we see. So, yep. so basically, so that's, um, that's that the, that the tax advantage. saving. Yeah. Now you may say, what's the difference between a one percent extra rate of return? It doesn't sound like a lot. Um, if you overlay an extra one percent rate of return mm-hmm. on your rate of return uh, year in year out, yeah. um, it, it's a it's a huge it's difference. Bit, yeah. It's hundreds of thousands of yeah. dollars of difference over you know a twenty year period of time. Generally speaking, on, on yeah. it's a it's a big compounding number that takes effect yeah. over time. Um, 
Um, so that's the that's the main benefit. Yeah. The other benefit is that it's zero percent tax on income drawn once aged over sixty. So so yeah. you're over sixty, you're drawing an income from your account based pension. Yep. So you don't pay uh, you don't pay any you don't pay any income tax on that. Mm-hmm. Um, we've spoken at length about the benefits of this in, in previous podcasts. Mm. Um, the other beautiful thing about that is it actually doesn't even show up on your on tax your tax return anyway, yeah. uh, yeah. so you can earn other types of income, mm. uh, such as part-time work income that doesn't push you up into higher tax brackets. So two main benefits yeah. of account-based pension, 0% tax on the fund earnings, uh, increases the after-tax rate of return by about 1% to 1.5% in most years that we see, depending yeah. on the rate of return. Uh, 0% tax on income drawn from the pension once aged over 60. So. So those are the two main advantages. I think there's a there's a point that you've made here as well, Michael. That is, a, I guess, an advantage is the is your money locked up forever? And and mm. the answer is no. So and we'll talk a bit more about you know you've you've got uh, answers to the, the next part of it, which is how is that income normally distributed? But basically, you once you've met the conditions to to have an account based pension, you can draw you can draw that out in part or in full at any time. So there's no limitation on how much you can yeah. take out. So you can take lump sums out sort of um, as, as needed or as, you, as required. Now, that ties into the, the other part, of it, which is because of that, it, it's not because it's not a guaranteed an amount and a guaranteed income. So if, mm. you, if you do take lump sums out, obviously that just reduces the, the account balance. Yep. And so you, you're more at risk of running out of money. But that's, that's sort of another, another advantage is that once you're in that account-based pension, you've got the best of both worlds, which is that you've got it all in that tax-free structure, mm. but any time you need to get that money in part or in full, you can just draw that straight out. Yep. And as you say, if you're over age 60, there's no tax on that and there's no limitation on how much you can get out. Yep. So one of Darren's specific question was, how is income normally distributed? Mm. So um, it's very, very flexible. So most, it's all it all depends on the actual brand or the account provider i guess um but most account providers will allow you to choose fortnightly income monthly income quarterly half yearly um or once per year yeah as well as sporadic income if needed you can take additional top-up amounts as needed there are minimum incomes required to be drawn so up until age 65 the minimum is four percent of the account balance it's currently in the remainder of 2021-22, it's halved yep. to 2% because, uh, which is probably not a point to gloss over. Um, what the government, we've seen them, these are these are government legislated yep. percentages that you need to, so if you're under 65, you need to draw 4% of the account balance hmm. as, a, as an income every year. Um, and people ask me, why, why do I have to do that? Because it's the law. Um, <laughs> what it is, yeah. is the government, because they're giving you 0% tax, yeah. they want you to actually draw Take an income from it. They yeah. don't want you to build up. Yeah, you know, that tax free. They don't want you to compound a million into two million into four million. Yeah. They want you to actually start taking some income. So yeah. there are government mandated levels. Yeah. Um, the government, in times of negative volatility, such as we saw Last with coronavirus, year. Yep. Um, they generally make an exception and, and in this case for two financial years they halved the minimum amount that you yep. need to draw so that they, you, if you didn't want or didn't need that income yep. um, you could allow your account balance to recover a little bit better yep. but um, generally speaking it's yep. 4% yep. of the up account balance up to age 60 
five. It then 5%. it then moves up to five percent between sixty five and eight sixty five and seventy four, and then it goes up again. Yeah, so right, right. as you get older, the percentage that yeah, you need to take uh, yep. increases. Um, again, that's probably uh, it's another thing where people say, "Oh, yeah, what I'm going to be forced to draw in the future is far in excess of 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 what I'll be able to, or what I'll need to spend." And we say, "Okay, well, you don't need to spend it; you need to take it." Yes, out of that. But you don't need to spend it, yep. so you can actually start to to, to build, be, build that back up yep. into um, into superannuation if you do uh, if you meet the age based. Um, or, or work test requ- uh, requirements, uh, and if not, into an investment. But but you do have to take an income. It's yep. nice and flexible. You can yep. start off at quarterly. Yeah. Uh, sorry, you can start off at. at I guess my thoughts, are like practically, how how we normally recommend this is that it's a, and we've touched on. I think there's many podcasts we've touched on different ways to draw an income in retirement. But for for a lot of people. Um, for a lot of our clients, I would say it's we, we we are setting this up as a fortnightly thing. Most people get yeah. paid fortnightly, so it's a nice, neat thing where you get to retirement. Okay, you stop. You basically just turn the tap on, and you're getting a fortnightly payment mm. out of your out of your pension account. So that's sort of normally one strategy for for other people where they might be um, instead have have a you know a, a sort of a separate bucket of cash. They might have a mm. hundred thousand or two hundred thousand dollars in a bank account. We might do that as a yearly thing, where they basically draw their their fortnightly or weekly amount, like a paycheck, out of their 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 bank account, mm. and then only once a year take a take a, a, a bigger amount that tops that up. But yep. basically, yeah, that that's a part of what we're <coughs> in that last couple of years leading up to retirement. We're looking at that with people as to, you know, not just what's the the theory of what is the how much income are you going to draw? But practically, are you going to draw that out on a fortnightly basis out of your out of your pension account, or are you going to be taking that out of your bank account and then topping up your bank account once per year? Yep. Yeah, and it, and it's a matter of of um, personal preference. Yeah, and, and it, it's a matter of actually what works best. Well, it's, I was about to say it's not an, it's 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 a matter of personal preference, but it's also a matter for us of an of our clients. By the time they get to that point, we know what they're like. There are there are some clients that that we have where. If they were to take their yearly payment once in July, by about November, they would have probably burnt through that money. And so, they, so yeah. those people, it's best to take it as a fortnightly amount and just go like a paycheck. Mm. That's how much you've got to spend each fortnight. For other people, they they've sort of maybe run a business in the past and they're used to having yep. used to lumpier sort of bits of income and that kind of thing. And they might do that as a yearly thing. Mm. So there's there's a few different things there, but it's really around going how best. Do you, I guess the way that we normally think of it is that you want like a seamless transition there of how are you used to spending money while you're working and receiving an income while you're working and then let's just continue that on throughout retirement. Yep. Um, another specific question from, from Darren is do you constantly need to sell down shares? So, um, yes. Uh, the, the answer is yes. Yeah. Um, look, let me let me talk a little bit more about that and, and it's it's it, it sort of leads on to the protection that you're afforded by being in a pooled superannuation fund as well because because um, what a pooled superannuation or a pooled account based pension in this example does is it merely just pools um, many many different members monies together uh, for efficiencies of scale. Generally speaking, so so 
um, you're in a, a much larger fund, of course. If you've got a million dollars in a fund, um, you you own a percentage of that fund, and the and the much larger fund that you're in um, basically pulls your money together and pulls yep. other people's money together, yep. and 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 gets those efficiencies of scale. Yeah. So what you course. mean so, what you mean by that is if you own if you've got a million dollars in your account based pension, there, there isn't someone going and and buying and transacting just on no. on your your shares, what they're actually doing is they might have you know thirty million dollars or fifty million dollars in in the in the asset in the uh, investment option that your some yes. of your money's invested in, and they are going and transacting, doing all that, and then basically spreading the, the cost of those transactions. That they are, yeah. Now, how 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 those pooled funds work? Um, if I own, for example, it's it's always you. Un- Units, you own units, which think of those as shares as well. But you own units in the fund, and a, and and it has a unit price. So, um, if I own one million units at a hypothetical unit price of a dollar, um, it's just simply my the value that I hold in the fund is is my unit holdings. One million times the current unit price of a dollar, it means that I have a million dollars in the in the in the fund. Um, now I'm 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 a legal owner of a percentage of that larger fund. So that's, that's a good point because I think that's people's concern is well, what if that fund goes yeah. goes broke? But yeah, you you are the owner of of your percentage of those of those that, shares that are held by the fund. That, that that's right. So any good uh, pooled trust structure, and that that's what this is a pooled trust structure, hmm. means that the unit holders are the legal owners yep. of those assets. So. Um, if the super fund that's running this fund for you goes broke, they can't sell. They can't sell use, any of your, your units or use to, any to of meet, your shares. Or um, like that. Yeah. The way that I explain that is that the super fund really is is very similar to a a rental property manager. Yeah. So if 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 you use a local real estate company to manage your five rental houses, for example, um. That you're just putting them in charge of actually yeah. making your life a little bit yeah, easier. Yeah, they handle those transactions. They're handling transactions and doing the, certain you things property now. And you own the rent as it hits. So it basically goes into their trust account. Yeah. And they transact within there, but it's your it's your money. It's basically. your money. Yeah. Of course, if um, they go broke, yeah. they don't have any claim on your houses. Yeah. The same, the same methodology works here. The same structure yeah. works here. Uh, you're the legal the, the the members and the unit holders are the legal owners of that larger fund. Yeah. Now most pooled accounts account based pension funds compulsorily reinvest fund income such as dividends back into the fund. So yeah. so imagine forget the smaller balances. Imagine the fund as a large fund, mm. and yeah, let's say that it 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 has. Just for simplicity's sake, it has a hundred million dollars of of funds in the top two hundred companies in Australia. Uh, again, for simplicity's sake, um, and there's all different members that ha- have different pieces of that hundred million dollar fund. Uh, what would happen I- is that if the dividends are roughly four percent for that year, um, that larger fund gets paid four million dollars yep. in dividends yeah, for their hundred million dollars cash of, payments of, from those. cash payments. Yep. That cash actually hits the the 
balance sheet of the bigger fund. Yep. And and the value of each person's Unit. units is always the total fund assets divided by your, your you know, the unit holdings or your yep. unit holdings. So in that example, um, the with 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 if the unit price was a dollar and the fund received, you know, a four percent dividend it compulsory reinvested for you, the unit price goes up to a dollar four. Hmm. Um, uh, with that dividend compulsory reinvested. Now, if you if you do want to, uh, when you take income, yeah. yes, you are selling units. Yeah. So yeah, so I guess, but the, it doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It's six or one half a dozen the other. The, like, the way that you think about it is like what you've just touched on there, Michael. Like the practical structure of of the actual pooled uh, account that all, that all that is in is, is sort of one layer. The, if if you look through that, I know you hate the the X ray X ray in sort of. It's thing. a really good. It's a really good describing <laughs> word. Though. It's it's uh, so oh, if you X ray in, you, you're basically going where we just said like, do you have to sell it? Yes, because what you're doing is if you if you uh, take money to take money out of your account based pension on a fortnightly basis, what you're actually normally and and this is where we'll touch on this a bit. It, you can choose which investment options you actually take that money out of, but essentially, if you if you are taking that out of your investment options that are invested in Australian and, and overseas companies, you are essentially each fortnight selling some of some mm. of your shares in those companies. Mm. So that is that is practically, you know, practically and logistically, it's happening via those units. But behind the scenes, that is basically what's happening there. And so yeah, you are, and then and the the. People become a little bit concerned about that, and 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 they become concerned for no reason. Yeah. Um, what they're concerned with is the day to day fluctuations, the week to week fluctuations, and, and they're thinking, yeah. Okay, if the price is down yeah. by ten um, percent, for example, and I'm yeah. selling some, yeah, some of my shares, mm. I'm a little bit concerned about that. Yeah. Well, there's dividends getting paid in all the time. Yeah. On their behalf, yep. and they're and they're reinvesting and they're buying in at ten percent down yep. as well. So yep. it, it it sort of it balances out in the wash. It's it's yep. there's no there's no um, there's no disadvantage to actually selling units down. Yep. Um, as opposed to the alternative, which would be to having you know, the More dividends money. paid into a segregated account and yes. you're drawing your income from the dividends and then yep. only selling units if you. Yep. Didn't have enough to cover your income and dividends, but but it's 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 all over time yeah. six yeah. and one half a dozen of the yeah. other. And I think the 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 overarching thing, who, and and I don't want to put words in Darren's mouth here, but the overarching thing here, or the the concern that I think a lot of people have, and I'm guessing that because we've got another listener question here, which is which is actually yep. about this concern, which is that if I've got all my money invested in in those Australian overseas companies, and I'm and I am taking money out of that fortnightly. Hmm. That's fine for the smaller fluctuations, but I think the big concern is: well, what happens if there is a, a bigger drop, and and I'm you know, company prices are down by 30, 40, 50 hmm. percent, and I'm taking my money out each fortnight, and that that's a, a valid concern because if if those company prices are down by fifty percent, every fortnight I basically have to sell twice as many shares or units in order to to get hmm. to get the amount that I need, and so hmm. that's where you then get into the separate part of the planning here, which is you know, having a small amount of your of your retirement savings set aside in, in cash within your account based pension so that when those bigger drops happen you can actually start to draw from that. But I won't go into yep. too much detail because <laughs> we've got a separate listener question about that. So 
We um, do. So, um, wrapping up, I, I guess that's so very, answered. very nuts and bolts for you. You, you. Darren asked for the nuts and bolts there of what happens at day dot of retirement, and, and, and I think you've given a fair bit of the the technical detail there. Yeah. So, so just in a really quick summary. Yeah. First of all, you need to meet one of those preservation conditional yeah, releases. So, yeah. Um, to be able to do that. Yep. So the, the general ones are, you know, age fifty-eight and yep. permanently retired. Yeah. Uh, born between, you have to be born between first of July sixty-two and thirtieth uh, of June sixty-three. Attain age sixty and have ceased uh, an employment arrangement since attaining yep. the age of sixty. Yep. Permanent incapacity. Attain age nice. sixty-five. Yep. Um, you've met a conditional release. Uh, how is income distributed? It's really really flexible. Yeah. Fortnightly, monthly, quarterly, yearly, half yearly, yep. uh, at the and, at the at the very latest once per year. Yep. Uh, sporadically, if needed, the there is there are minimum income requirements. Yep. Four uh, percent, up to age sixty five. Four percent per per year you need mm-hmm. to take out. Yep. Um, uh, currently reduced just for the remainder of this financial year to two percent. Yep. Five percent between ages sixty five and seventy four, and then it goes up from there. Um, uh, uh, the benefits zero percent tax on yep. on earnings and zero percent tax on income drawn after age sixty, mm-hmm. and we just covered off on the selling down of shares. So, yep. so hopefully that um, hopefully that gives people a bit more of a detail of a, of a, a yeah, yeah like a nuts a, and bolts understanding of and it. And it's one of those things where you go. It's funny because some people really want the detail. I always joke about this because when we're when we're doing this, I'll often draw a circle and go, mm. "Okay, well, this is this circle here. That's your account-based pension." And and people and I'll and I'll sometimes say to people, "Do you want more detail about how the circle works?" And yeah, not nah, just it's a circle. <laughs> that's fine. It's an account-based pension. It's it's good. You don't pay any tax. It's a yeah. good circle. Okay, yeah. good circle. That'll do. But some yeah. people do do want more more detail around that. Yeah, but I guess that's like you say. The I, I think the the point that's interesting here is that. Uh, or the, the way to think about this is that where we, you know we talk a lot about preparing for retirement, and and I think what's dangerous sometimes is if we can approach it with the view of, as, as Darren said, there's there's a there's a day dot of retirement when you reach a certain age or a certain amount, and then yeah. yes, most of the hard work is done by then, but that's only the start of it. You, you mm. know, we we're getting to the point we're we're trying to get to that age or, or set amount that we need in retirement savings. But that's only part of the battle. We then need mm. to make sure that we, you know, are doing everything we can in terms of that structure, so that we're paying the smallest amount of tax possible. We're working that money as hard as we as we need to, or as we should mm. be, and that we're not spending too much money because that's that's the, the a key point. I think we, we mentioned earlier is that it's not you know, the model of retirement savings in Australia is not a it's it's a it's a contribution model rather than a defined mm. benefit model. So. Mm. You have an account behind the scenes that, as you, and that's exactly the way that we think of it: is green numbers, red numbers. Green numbers going in, red numbers coming out. Now, if you're spending, it, it's no different to when you're working. If you're spending more than you're making, mm. you're going to be going backwards, and and you're going to be running out. And so, yeah, getting to that point of retirement, getting into that uh, that best, uh, most tax effective environment, and then making sure that you're you're not going to run out is is the key. Thanks for listening. Thanks for your question, Darren. Thank you for listening to the Money Over 50 podcast with Money Over 50 Financial Advisors. We look forward to catching up again soon.